Hey everyone, this episode of Who Gave Us a Mic is brought to you by our sponsor, The Sales Collective. Now you're probably going, Adam, who is The Sales Collective? Well, let me hit you with some knowledge. The Sales Collective is an independent group of professionals with an extensive background in building brands from the ground up. They've come together to create a cohesive entity to better serve their clients. So how can this benefit you? Well, let me pose a question. Have you ever had someone representing your brand or product that was either too small and couldn't provide you with everything you need, or a company that was too big that you felt like you weren't getting the attention you required? Well, the sales collective is like Goldilocks. They are just right. They provide all the experience, knowledge, data, and connections of a big-time firm while also giving you the small business feel where you can rest assured that your success is just as important as their own. So check them out on their website, thesalescollective.org. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Who Gave Us a Mic. I am Adam Harris, along with your favorite co-host, Mr. Ken Miller. Hello, hello. <laughs> okay, hello. Gary. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's a little Stern Show shout out right there. Dude, that was so good. <laughs> it's it's approximately 9 I was wondering o'clock. if you pick up that. Uh, approximately, what, 9 o'clock? Yeah. 839. <laughs> a little stern shout out. A little stern shout out. So it is a Sunday evening. You and I sitting down doing another podcast. It's going to be a business one for all those you are uh, wondering. So uh, you ready, Ken? Yeah, I think I'm starting to like the business ones a little bit. Uh, so I think so far the best, I think. I would agree. I, I don't know if it's maybe just you and I need a conversation or a point to talk or like, you know, I mean, a topic to actually talk about opposed to just bullshitting. I don't know. My movie uh, breakdown was pretty good, too. I think we're going to have to add that to all of the for you guys. If this one comes out before you hear the other one, we had an episode with uh, Kenny's brother, Colton, and Kenny uh, reviewed some popular movies. And I think he would give Ebert and Rupert a uh, run for their money because it was <laughs> very in-depth, uh, very thoughtful. And uh, very, 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 you know, good, I would have to say, overall. So we might have to add that to the repertoire of things that we do whenever we the uh, drinking tales. Yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty good. I think it's going to um, really move the needle on some movies. Oh, definitely. I definitely <laughs> People are definitely going to be interested in, in my opinion. I think Spielberg himself is going to cater all of his next movies, you know, just to what you you say. He might actually ask me to be on on uh, on set. I would agree. Him and Tarantino, and they you could be like a ghostwriter, just commenting and be like, no, he needs to stop walking. Just he pick up the gun. It's not that big of an issue. Yeah, I could see that. I totally see it. You could pull your uh, Hank Moody and just sit there and you know drink, be on set, and comment. That sounds like a job I can get behind, honestly. Definitely. I think your skill set is uh, well-suited for that. So anyways, we're in a uh, business episode, and uh, we're in our acronym for the process of selling, and that is EARS. So we've already went through the E, which is explore. We've been through the A on the last episode, which was ask questions. So now we're in – That's my favorite part. I think everybody knows that by now. All the power questions. So – we're into now the recognize and sale Which phase. is the part where most salespeople forget about for right. some Closing reason. Closing it, sewing it up at the end, and just taking, taking it to the house. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, we're really going to talk about recognizing what's going on and what really your uh, 
clients need after you've asked these thought-provoking questions in the previous step. And in this kind of segment, you really want to practice brevity too, which trans- it turns back into our uh, skills acronym, which is GATE. So with that being said, Ken, let's roll into the uh, recognize phase of this and let's get into it. Yes, I think, um, you know, brevity or, um, you know, exact wording, working with silence, however you kind of want to want to word the definition for you. Um, that, you know, I think that's probably it's, it's got to be in the top three skills you need to uh, to really be good at sales. I, I would think. What about you or management or really anything? Brevity. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah I think it's a huge, a huge skill set that you need. Uh, I, th- I know we all know that whatever you want to call it, active listening, power questions, thought provoking questions. Those, that's my number one favorite skill. But, you know, brevity's not far behind there. And the reason I think it's so important, because if you look at most salespeople or I mean, I guess most people in general, when you're trying to make a point or or get a sale or um, you know maybe get something across to somebody you're managing, a lot of people get nervous when they're asking for the whether to sell or ask, asking for some type of commitment where they just kind of keep talking or talk their way out of it. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I definitely think the old saying, "What is that? Less is more," holds very true here. And mm-hmm. just say what you need to say, and don't run on, because nine times out of ten, you're gonna dig yourself into a hole, put yourself in a corner, and you're gonna say something you didn't fucking want to, and you're gonna, because you're trying to fill that empty space because you feel nervous, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh shit, why did I say that?" And you come across like an idiot, opposed to just going, "Here, I'm gonna say ten words, just stop, and that's it," opposed to rambling on for twenty minutes. It's really once you ask that question or say those ten words, it's you know it's really in the you got to live in that kind of awkward silence and and get used to it and get to kind of love to live there. You know when you're asking for a sale, if you're being honest with yourself and you ask actually ask those thought provoking questions, figure it out what that customer needs. They should be kind of putting a bow on it. These last two steps, you should really be the easiest. You should really basically be done at this point. Um, if you build your rapport, you asked all these questions, we kind of dove into a, la- a couple uh, last episode and how important that was. But if you got all that information, it should be pretty easy to summarize and then, uh, you know, recognize where your service or where your product fits into place and then uh, close the sale. You know, so you could look at something where if you're meeting, uh, you know, we discuss some of the consumer products. So I go over a lot of existing inventory for existing customers and, you know, walk through, sell through what they currently have on the shelves, what they sold through and what they need to reorder. Uh, so it might look, you know, you walk through all that information already. You ask all your questions along the way. Uh, so it might look something pretty easy to add them based on our uh, conversation over your sell through and weeks on hand. This is the order I put together. Can I get this entered to, today after this meeting? And that's it. You know, just slide it over to them. Don't say anything. Don't walk through skew by skew by skew, especially a lot of buyers. Um, a lot of buyers are pretty analytical because they're going through numbers every day. Uh, they're going to want to break it down, so don't oversell. Ask the question. Let them look at it. Let them digest and kind of live in that awkward silence and don't ask a question or don't um, don't say anything until they ask you a question. Just kind of live there in that awkward silence. Yeah, like you said, imagine you're taking a math test and – 
you find out, you know what I mean, all the answers beforehand and you go to take the test. But you start getting in your own head and thinking, oh, well, is that really right? That's what you do if you start talking too much over top of people, especially after you've already explored and asked questions. They've given you all of the answers. Now you just got to implement it. So I think a big thing we have to do is you have to recognize, like we talked about, you have to recognize what their issues are because sometimes people actually do have real issues, whether it's a money issue, a performance issue with your product, your service. And at that point, you have to kind of recognize their issues and come up with a solution. And then you're selling your product yourself on how what you're bringing to the table is a solution to their problem. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, um, even if it's you know, say it's not a, say it's not a consumer product, whatever it may may be. I, I really like to kind of recap the conversation um, to really drive home the point. So if, you know, if I meet with Adam and I'm trying to, uh, you know, say I'm selling Adam's business, some type of service like a consulting service. So you know, Adam, when we spoke here today, you said uh, your company needs A, B, C, and D to stay in business. And you know, would you agree that my services will help out with all your needs or all the needs we discussed today, what, you know, ABC and D. And they say, he says, yeah, and right there you can go for the close. Okay. Uh, can we get the sign so I can start helping your company today? You know, whatever it is. So make it sound less choppy. Say Adam and I walk through the, this, this whole, I'm there to consult his company and, and you know, he, his company is having a little bit of trouble right now. They're going to close the doors in 90 days if something doesn't turn around. So you walk through everything. So, you know, Adam, uh, based on our conversation today, it sounds like your company's needs are – I like to get a lot of yeses along the way too. So Adam makes the last yes very easy if you get yeses along the way. So Adam, based on our conversation today, it sounds like your needs are A, B, C, and D. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct, Ken. And based on what we talked about, would you agree that my company's services will help benefit you and help you grow? Yeah, I would. Okay, can we get the sign today so I can start helping you? Yeah, and, and it's then just stop talking. I mean, and it's, it's, just, it's as simple as ask for the sale. I mean, um, yeah, and that's, you, you're, you, you buy a lot. Do you, have you, do you have any specific, I guess, stories for when you had a salesperson in there and they either a talk themselves out of the sale or B, they just didn't ask for the sale or like, Hey, I'm going to just great talking to you today. I'm going to go ahead and email it over to you. Let me know what you think. You know what that's going to get you? No, you'll be, if, if you do get a purchase order, you're lucky enough that they do give you a purchase order by you saying, I'm going to email it to you. Let me know what you think. I guarantee you it's half of what they would have ordered if you asked it to sell. But go on. Do you have any, uh, any examples? <laughs> no, yeah, and that's a great point is people not being properly prepared to close up the deal immediately. There's been instances where people could have – if they would have had all the information beforehand that we probably could have closed the deal like they like they, like they say in the room, um, but they didn't. Like let's say it's something we're negotiating rates for some kind of rental equipment, and the guy's like, okay, well let me see. Let me talk to my manager. Let me see what rates we can give you guys that will really help you out and all that stuff like that, and I'll get back to you. Opposed to going, the guy's like, here's my rates. Look, they're really good. I'm, they're cheaper than everybody else like that. Let me know when we can start putting equipment on your job sites. Like something like that. It's like, hmm, okay. Very forceful. Not forceful, but you know, the guy has all the information before and opposed to going, oh, all right, let me see when I can get this to you. And by the time he actually gets you all the information, enough time has passed that you're like, eh, you almost forget about him. I do want to backpedal a little bit to that word forceful. So that's also why I'd like to get yeses along the way. So it doesn't seem so forced at the end because, you know, if you're not, if you're not recapping kind of 
worry everything or and you're not getting yeses along the way um it kind of seems a little forced at the end you know yeah and no you should kind of be asking questions that are leading the horse to water does that make sense yeah and it's almost when you do stuff and you get them to say yes to things that they've already brought up you're making it seem like it's their idea so like you said if he goes hey i've i see you have this solution or problem um I can come up with this solution. Would you agree? And they go, yes. So if you get three or four of those, by the time you ask for the sale, guys like, well, all right. Yeah. He's already sold me on it. I already agreed with everything he's going to present to it. Why wouldn't I go with this guy? Exactly. Yeah. I like to get kind of your, all your power questions up front. So you really dig into all the information you need to make the sale. And then, um, after you get all that information, I like to then get your simple yeses. I'll throw a power question in, you know, through the simple yeses, but I like to really get two or three simple yeses in. Uh, so, you know, if I'm selling in a program, it's, does this sound doable to you? Uh, do you believe this will help you? And, you know, you already know it is easy. You already know it's doable. You already know it is going to help them. And, you know, based off of what they just told you with all those power questions. So then it just, them say, every time they say yes, it gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier, a little bit easier. And then when you ask them that last question to, set, to sell it, to close the sale, uh, you know, it's a little less forced and uh, it doesn't seem as salesy. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes entire sense. And you're not you're not coming in there trying to sell something that doesn't, doesn't benefit them. You've already established what, that the product, whatever you're selling. What was already, that guy selling to you? Um, like a rental equipment. Yeah, so I probably would have got... Um, you know, a few yeses along the way on how that rental equipment would have, uh, you know, how that contract would have helped you, benefited you. Like it would definitely, it would not have been about me. It's not how that company's going to help you. Uh, would you agree this is going to save you money or would you agree that, uh, this service is going to save you time? You know, whatever it may be, whatever, when I probed you with all those questions and asked all those questions, if, if you were big on time, I would have wanted the time. If you were big on money, if my company couldn't save you money, I would have wanted the value, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I would have got those yes along the way and then and then asked you that because, you know, it seemed like you thought it was a little forced. Yeah, and sometimes – and I think with like what you just said, you got to really sell yourself on how you're benefiting whoever you're selling to. And that's where all those yeses come into it where you know it's like, hey, look what we're doing for your company. And you don't bring up anything like, hey – I really need this sale because I need to hit my commission. Hey, I really need to do this for whatever. Don't use I at all. It's always you, 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 you. Because whenever you do that, you're not talking about yourself and you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your, for who you're selling to. And after you get, um, you know, after you get that first kind of, there I'm using uh, filler words. Um, I'm going to blame that on the 9% beer I'm drinking right now. But I'll try, don't once worry, you I'll get well. I'll fix that in post, in editing and production. Yeah, I'm sure you will, Dick. So, <laughs> as you, where was I going with that? What was the last last thing you I said? I was talking about you statements. Instead of saying oh yeah, I yeah. So once you kind of get that relationship open and start working with them, I switch from how it's going to benefit, you know, you, Adam, to how we, 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 we. How are we going to do this? How are we going to build this? How are we going to uh, do better than last year that, you know, it starts to frame up that we are a true partnership and, you know, it's not just me. It's not just you uh, as separates. It's, we are a partnership. So how are, are we going to do this together as we move forward? I don't talk about how is it going to benefit we, but it's always 
how can we do this to benefit your business? You know, I, I would say that's a fair way. No, no, no. It makes complete sense. And I think it translates not only just in selling, but also management, leadership, and your overall personality is get away from saying I statements and start using we uh, statements a lot more. If you're leading people in management, whatever it is, just a segue off this. I know we're on a sales thing, but just, you know, with this, what we're talking about, um, use we and don't go, you know, hey, I need you to do this. You know, it's like, hey, we need to do this. We need you to perform better, not I. You know, don't say I'm upset about this. But like, you know, we think you can do better because when you paint it I, it's all about you, and that's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to build a team and an entire group, and putting I statements puts you on an island, and that's the last thing you want to do. So that's just like my little segue off of that is just in your overall life, try to use we and you stuff a lot more often. And you know, even when you're just texting with people, it's amazing if you just start going instead of going. Oh, I did this day. I did this. Be like, oh, how are you? What did you do today? And just start posing a lot of questions a lot of times. You'd be fine. You'd be amazed at how much it opens up about people and how much more you develop a deeper relationship. Yeah, no, and not into um. There you go again. I'm telling you, I'm blaming on the nine percent. And what? Wait, uh, what are you drinking? What do we drink? Imperial. In uh, what is that beer? Pier, Imperial uh, Ranger Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. That's oh. what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a, a nice glass of Cabernet because it's Sunday and I have to work tomorrow, so I'm going to have a glass of wine and be an adult. <laughs> this is only my first beer. So I don't care, it, man. It's still slowing my brain down. I can't the, drink uh, 9%. What I was going to say, though, is on those wheeze, so if, if you got to be careful so it doesn't sound kind of – it doesn't sound like you're – especially when you're managing somebody, you don't – you know, you got you to gotta be kind of careful so it's not like – what can we do to get better results out of you? You really, you know, in my opinion, I try, I try to make it about developing people also. So it's, you know, what can we do to help you achieve your goals or what can we do to make you better at this? I don't, you know, you can come off like salesy. You can also do that. I believe in managing as well. Well, what's your opinion? Yeah. You can do that way too often where it sounds cheesy and it sounds like you read it out of a self-help book and you're trying to force it in there. And, that's the last thing you want to do because the people aren't going to think you're genuine and you're going to even hurt yourself even more post just going, I want you to do this. So what you have to do, I think is it, you have to almost lead by example when you do that stuff like that and not put yourself, like I said, on an Island and be part of that team. So then whenever you do say we, people actually believe it and they understand that it's not just a you thing or not just a them thing. It's a cumulative group thing. So I think it's just developing relationships amongst your team and your group so that whenever they say you say that, they actually feel it. Like you can't be the guy that shows up for two hours a day, doesn't do jack shit, yells at people all the time, and puffs out his chest and goes, well, we really need you to do that. It's like I've actually had people say this, and I, I, you know, I mean they'll do that, and I look at them and I go, are you speaking French? Because that's the <laughs> only way we actually works in this sentence right now. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean shit like that. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no. You're not, this Dude, isn't a weed just say I at that point, you know, yeah, like I, I respect it okay. more if you didn't BS me and you just said I, you know, yeah, I need you to like, do this. Reading some like Tony Robbins self-help thing about, you know, developing the better you and you start using we after you read the book last night. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> get, out, get out of here. Get out of here. So you have to also be aware it be very self-aware of who you are as a person, because uh, if you're not that person that, you know, hey, a leader, maybe you're more of a manager. Um don't try to use the we thing because then, like I said, it won't come off genuine and you'll do more damage than you actually would good. So, no, but even I do that, like we said, whenever you're in practice sales. that just like you do with everything else we've kind of walked through. You know, you can practice that in your everyday life. 
what we're talking about, yeah, it's sales and it's managing, but all everything we're talking about can also be implemented in your personal relationships, and I guarantee you it'll be for the better. Yeah, I mean that's what – and it, that's pretty much selling in leadership, and that comes down to the whole thing is developing relationships, asking these questions, listening, using like brevity are all things that are great tools you can have in your everyday life to just ge- develop genuine relationships with people. So – while these are great for management, sales, and all that stuff like that, these are great overall just make you a better human being. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's the easiest way to practice them, right? When there's – excuse me. There's really no pressure. You, you're you practicing on your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, brother, sister, parents, friends, whatever. There's no, there's no pressure. There's no order on the line. If you fuck up, who cares? And then, you know, take it from there and start practicing on them. Your smaller accounts where if you fuck up, it's not as big of a deal as if you mess up with a really large account. So yeah, I, I like definitely have- urge to just practice all this and kind of everyday life to get better at it. Or else it will come off like you said about the guy that was trying to sell you um, or the rental equipment that it felt a little forced. It will definitely come off like that. If you're asking for the sale and you haven't practiced for all this, it will come off a little – Salesy. I'm sure we've all had an experience at a car dealership, right? We're like, all right, this guy just like doesn't get it, you know? He's, whether he didn't ask questions along the way and he's just like pushing, pushing, pushing. It's it's it's, it's a skill. So that's why, as we go through this podcast, we're teaching you a process and a skill set. Because you know, mindset plus skills equal results. So we want to teach you both sides of this, kind of at the same time and break it down through each episode. So you can see that you have to really develop both, and these can be used every single day to get better. Yeah, which I think is a great segue into like we talked about the process, and we're always going to pull back into this about like when we start talking about different things in sales and talking about – I'm sure when we interview other people who are in sales or management, whatever it is, and be like, hey, what's your process for going through a sale? And we'll always pull back through there, but what we're going to probably jump into next is like the skills – that we really think it takes to be a great salesman because uh, there's a bunch of them. But I think the t- four we talked about were the gate and the acronym, you know what I mean? Jahari's window, Lama, power questions, and brevity were like the big, big four ones that we really thought that were the key ones that if you had those four, you could be successful. So I think that's probably what we're going to jump into next, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think as we kind of interview these people, I think the good ones are going to have a process and a skill set that's very similar. They might not have the the wordage or the verbiage or whatever you want to call it. They might not have the name for it, but I bet you the definitions are pretty close. You know what I mean? Yeah, if we were to look at it and be like, hey, so here's what you know, Kenny and I established is like a key process to selling. And we rattled off what we talk about and be like, yeah, that's a kind of exactly what I do. Different words, different kind of maybe I switch up the steps here, there, and the other way. Um, but yeah, it will all be a similar thing. And they probably also – these people who are really good at what they do also have a very similar skill set through this entire thing that makes them very successful. Yeah, I know John's going to come on uh, – Big John's going to come on. Oh, God. Probably within the next couple of episodes, but I bet you know he's, pre- he's pretty good at what he does. So I, I bet you – uh, if we don't even mention anything to him, and you know he might be cheating a little bit, but I'm gonna listen to this. But I bet you his process is pretty darn close to what we've been mentioning these last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, because, I mean, I think everybody that's good to sales has to run through these. And I think you and I did a good job of shortening up all of this to really summarize what you need and whether or not people have more steps or less steps. You really need to do this to actually get a sale. And maybe if we have some people on who are entry-level salesmen and we get their opinion about what it's like coming from the business, we'll realize that, hey, they have a couple of these, but they don't have the entire toolbox. And, you know, I mean, you'll be able to notice those things. Yeah, we'll be able to notice uh – notice real quick no yeah it's very apparent and it's very apparent to anybody who's in this industry who's dealing with people in sales who don't have the entire toolbox full of tools that can really make them good at these things and they're just they're going off of their ability to have good conversation and or relationships that they may have developed elsewhere mm-hmm. i definitely agree so no you got anything else to add for this one no i know i know when it's been a crazy amount of time on kind of the, the recognizing closing but you know again to me that's should be the the quickest easiest part of the stepping stone you know i've heard people have been called great closers uh I, I know people that i talk to think i'm really good at closing that's not to toot my own horn that's to say like, really pay attention to everything leading up to the closing like when you hear, hear me do- during a sales call of course i ask for the sale and People think you're a good closer because you, you know you have the confidence to ask for the sale. But if, because like I said before, most salespeople do not do that. But if you've asked all those qualifying questions all the way up and you've learned what their needs are, it shouldn't be so scary to ask for that. And the more you practice, the less scary it's going to be. And the more more confidence you get, the better you get at asking those questions. The more success you'll have, and the easier every all these steps will become. Yeah, and I've actually heard you – no, I was going to say I've heard you like close on a couple things before, and you've at least told me about it. And basically the reason you're such a good closer isn't because of you have these big elaborate speeches for an hour that are really you know motivating and moving that people are like, oh my god, I want to buy from them. You just paraphrase all the information they already give you – they gave you and turn it into all the solutions you have for them. Because you posed all these questions, you explore, you know what I mean? You're really observant about what was going on. Yeah, I mean, you've heard me on calls. How often do I actually talk? Like, if it's a 15 minute conversation, do you think maybe two, three minutes I, I get to talk? Yeah, and that's it. And then you're when jotting I'm talking, down. I'm asking questions. That's and it. you're jotting down notes the entire time on like key points, and all of a sudden you start rattling it back to them. So, like, oh, so I hear you by saying that these are an issue. And then you just reiterate. <laughs> what their issues are, and you're knowledgeable enough with your product that you know what the solutions that this product provides to them so that you're like, all right, here's I already have the solution, and I'm here so I can provide it to you. And at the end, you go, here, I've came up with all of your solutions to your problems. When can I ship this product? And then you just shut the fuck up. Yeah. I, if you're doing most of the talking and you're not shutting up, you're doing most of the talking – Take a deep breath and wind yourself back down, even if you have to start over and ask the guy to start over. You know, if you're boring them to tears, I wouldn't use it often, but if you really have to, just say, hey, I'm a little nervous. I'm very new, whatever. Can we just start over? And I feel like I'm doing most of the talking I don't want to be. Can we start over? And can I ask you a few questions? Unless the guy's a total, or guy or gal is a total jerk. They'll say, okay, and you can start fresh. Yeah, and honesty is the best policy. If you exactly. just go, look, I'm actually nervous. He's not going to appreciate that, you know? 
Yeah, and if you want to even throw in a little like stroke there, you're going to be like, look, I'm really nervous about this. I was really excited to meet you. We're really looking forward to doing business with you. I apologize for over-talking. Can we start over again? I want to get to, more know, to get to know more about you opposed to talking about myself. Who's going to say, nag it out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, you'd have to find a monster. If you're talking to a, a CEO of like a big company, you're just wasting their time at that point? Sure. But as we stated when this first started, we're going to wake our, work our way up to those conversations. They'll, they'll change with uh, the, the bigger the business. A lot of things stay the same, but some parts of the conversation conversation changes. So sure, if you're looking at you know, $600 million company and you're trying to pitch them, then yeah, that might not work. But if you're looking at, uh, you know, a mom and pop place, the majority of the small business owners are going to say, okay, or, and let you start over. Or even if it's not, it is a $600 million company, but you're not selling to the CEO. You're selling yeah. to the buyer for that company. Different, that's different a lot level. low. Yeah. A lower level. Who's not going to, they've had a rough day and you go, yeah, can I start over? They were like, all right. Yeah, I get it. Trust me. I had a horrible day too. And then just by being honest with them and, revealing you're human and then you give a little bit of yourself you know hey the jahari's window you give a little bit of yourself and they might just go yeah you know i had a bad day you know with this happened and this happened and this happened then boom there you go you have rapport you've developed common ground with somebody and there you go yeah all about knowing your audience not all changing levels we'll dive into that later let's get this thing wrapped up yeah so everybody thank you for listening to another episode of who gave us a mic i am adam harris along with Mr. Ken Miller. And that's all, folks. Thank you, everybody.